Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of On the Pitch presented by Deep Dive Sports. I'm Dom, and uh, today I'm joined by Nick. Chase isn't able to join us uh, this week, so got Nick to fill in. Um, I know he's not as versed in uh, the soccer world as <laughs> as Chase is, but you know I'm sure he'll do his best. Um, I'll, I'll give it I'll give it a, a good old college try, as they say. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we're gonna format this episode a little different than um, our usual show. Um, it's gonna kind of be like a soccer for dummies kind of kind of mm-hmm. run through. Um, you dumb though? A little bit. <laughs> <laughs> um. So I'm just going to run through some uh, EPL updates. Um, Nick will, you know, sort of have some questions about all that stuff. Um, and I'm going to talk about, you know, Man City, you know, what I do, what, what I know best. I know, um, right? Like every time I listen to this episode, you know, these episodes, there's always Man City in here. I feel like you uh, you bring up Man City more than I bring up the Steelers. I, I think we'll have to have like a, a tally count or something who talks about their team. <laughs> I am recording this episode, and behind me is my Man City flag, so I might be uh, might be a little bit of a fan. <laughs> um, and then to kind of wrap up this show, um, Nick recently went to a crew game uh, with their new stadium. Uh, just opened up uh, last month, or was it June? Yeah, I know. I know it was recent. It was within the last couple of months. But um, yeah, Nick's gonna give us a little story. Tell us about. Um, his experience with the stadium, just kind of what the atmosphere and what the vibe was like. Um, I don't, I don't know what exact game you went to, but let's know if they won or not. Um, so yeah, I guess we'll get started with some EPL transfer updates. Um, we're kind of at the apex of the transfer window with the season kind of kicking off here in two weeks. Um, so teams are kind of winding down their transfers and whatever storylines we've been following for the past couple months are kind of hitting their apex right now. Uh, it's, you know, teams want to get their squad ready for the start of the season. Um, first off, um, Harry Kane, he's refusing to show up to Spurs training. Um, the divide between him and Daniel Levy is kind of getting a little out of control. Um, so who is, is Daniel Levy, the manager? Uh, Daniel Levy is the chairman of Tottenham Hotspur. So is he even like involved with anything? Like chairman to me sounds like somebody who's kind of like a silent partner. Um, chairman, he's more like a VP of football operations. If I can like kind of, or not so he, VP, he's, he's like, like the director of football operations. Okay. So he's um, with our general manager, American sport. Yeah, but he also has a say in like budgeting and all that. Um, okay. he, he also kind of controls the money. Um, so, what, so what did he do to, to upset? Um, so if you don't know, Harry Kane is one of the best strikers in the world. Um, he's that in the last episode. Yeah. 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 We talked about him a lot. Um, you know, he's kind of winding down. He's 29. So he's kind of at his peak now. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's never won a trophy. He's never won any domestic cups. He's never won any he hasn't won the Premier League, no European trophies. Um, I do notice, like, uh, I feel like when I – the occasional times I do look over at the board, it seems like Tottenham starts off really hot, but they kind of, you, yeah. know, you know, fizzle out towards the end of the season. Yeah, uh, that's been an issue with them for a while. Um, 
you know, that they're a big club. Um, they have a big following, uh, new stadium and all that. Um, but they don't really kind of invest all their money into their team. It's really just Harry Kane and, um, Sung, And then that's pretty much it. You know, they'll, they'll get off to a good start and, you know, one or two players can only carry the team so much. Um, so, I mean, the squad's always good enough to finish top 10 or even top five. Um, but, you know, a couple of years ago, they reached the Champions League final. Um, but that's the closest Harry Kane's ever come to um, seeing a trophy. So knowing that soon he's going to be on the downside of his career, he wants to make a move to a team where he knows he's going to have a better shot of kind of competing for some championships because he wants to cement his legacy. Is is like getting over that that thirty hump? Is that really the downside, or because I know like I mean you look at like Ronaldo and and I mean they're they're late thirties, aren't they? I mean they're still pretty decent. Yeah, but they're 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 in a class of their own. Um, They're kind of like our LeBron. Like they're still. I mean Ronaldo and Messi are considered two of the greatest soccer players ever. Um, You know they're 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 on a whole nother stratosphere. Um, Perry Kane, although he is arguably the best striker in the world. He's not built and as athletic as someone like Messi or Ronaldo. Mm-hmm. Um, he's more of a, a bigger, slower, not as athletic kind of player, but he's always in the right spot. And he knows how to put the ball in the back of the net. Just and um, yeah. yeah, like he, he just scores goals. That's all he does. I mean, he, well, he's good at passing too, um, but Ronaldo and, and Messi, they do everything, you know, top level. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he's set on a move and he is not backing down. Um, usually by now, if teams aren't willing to sell their players, they'll just suck it up and show up to training and, you know, try to be sold in the uh, January transfer window. But Kane's not backing down. He wants to go. He wants to go now. And it looks like he's going to do everything he possibly can to, um, get out. Well, I mean, I will say this for both of us. I, I think we both hope that he you know what I mean? He gets sold to uh, Man City United. So um, I think that would be a good destiny. Oh, no. Sorry. Sorry. Oh, that's right. You're a City fan. Oh, no. Ooh. Well, maybe not United then. Maybe. maybe. Well, I mean, he might. Who knows? They might pull the trigger. No. They, no. There, there, there's, there's been no links with um, Kane and United. Um, I'm a, I'm they've a, already kind of had a couple of signings. And, uh, hey, you huh? might sign Harry Kane so that. Dom has a stroke. Yeah, yeah. So that that Dom <laughs> Dom gets really sad, and uh, just just so everybody knows, every time I uh, I play Dom in FIFA and I use uh, United against his city, I I think I'm undefeated. undefeated. I don't think we have played since spring of 2018. So you know what? <laughs> it's been quite quite some time. Undefeated. <laughs> yes, in the two games we played. Two games, but I'm undefeated with United. <laughs> Let's go. Anyway, no, I'll, I'll give you that. One. <laughs> Um, so going on in some other news, um, Aston Villa has signed Danny Ings. Um, no one saw this one coming at all. <laughs> um, yeah. if you don't know, Danny Ings is a he's coming because I don't know who Danny Ings is. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, um, yeah, this Aston Villa was not linked at all to Ings. Um, and then today they announced they signed him. Um, if you don't know, he's a striker. Um, one of the better strikers in the league. Um, he had an amazing season last year. Wait, Let quick, me look up. Quick question, oh. though. What, mm-hmm. First of all, what what is the EPL? English Premier League. Oh, okay. Oh, that's, I'm dumb. All right. 
Um, so I've never even heard of Aston Villa. Are they like? Are they new? Did they did they move up? Or they've always been there? I just they 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 back in the day. Um, they were like one of the best teams in England, like always competing for a championship. Oh, okay. Um, and then they kind of fell off for some time. Um, they even got relegated recently. Um, they were down to the championship for a couple of years. Um, and then a couple of years ago, they came back up in the Premier League and kind of stuck around ever since. They're, they've been more of like a, a mid-level side. Um, but then this year, I'll have to go back through the standings, but I do believe that they were top 10. Um, they were definitely top half the table um, this last year. Um, so Danny Ings, I mean, he's one of the better strikers in the league. Um, they... Got him from Southampton. He had a pretty good season, uh, 12 goals um, throughout all, all um, competitions. Um, he's been linked to a couple other teams. I know it's been rumored that City was after him for a while. Um, there were some other teams that were also interested. Um, but, yeah, no one saw this coming. And I think it could be a sign of some things to come for Villa that I'll reach out or I'll talk about uh, a little bit later in the episode. But, yeah, that was kind of the big news of the day. Yeah, I, I saw the notification come across my phone. I thought I read it wrong. <laughs> that's like a, that's like when I was a oh when when Melo gets to play with the Bronx. I was like when I read that, I was like, Is that, he's not gonna go take the veteran <laughs> minimum. Would he can get like probably ten million somewhere else? No, he just wants to play with LeBron. He did, he he that boy wants a ring. Listen, I'm gonna tell you right now, if I'm an NBA player or I don't care any sports athlete ever, I'm about to be like, listen, we all gonna get a bag. But how about for like three years, we all just take like less money, obviously, and let's go get a ring. And then we can all go split up, get our bag, get our own teams, have fun. I don't care what sport you're in. Just do it. Get yourself some rings. Get yourself some championships. Get yourself some hardware. Have fun. Like these guys right here. Like, so let me say this, though, the, this question. How much did uh, Aston Villain, did, so they, they, they bought him from somebody. How much did they have to give up for that? Um, let me look that up real quick. Because if people don't know, like the, the one little thing that I do know about soccer only because I, I play FIFA, but um, <laughs> is that is that it's not just when when you acquire a player, it, there's not like free agency like we have here necessarily. I mean, there kind of is, but not really. So when you acquire a player, you have to like give another team money. So essentially you're like buying that player from that other team. But that other player has to want to play for you, from my understanding, because they have to be able to accept a new contract from you when you bring them over. So, which is crazy because you got like teams that are paying like, you know, millions and millions, even sometimes hundreds of millions of dollars to bring a, a player over. And you're like, this is, this is crazy. Like if somebody was to go try to buy like Ronaldo or Messi right now, which is crazy because I'm not saying they're like buying them, <laughs> obviously, obviously, but if they were to go try to like purchase the rights to, um, oh man, I, this, I, it just sounds so bad. <laughs> if they were to go try to bring them over from another team, it would uh, it would probably cost them like $200, $300 million. Like that team would be like, nah, man. Uh, Ronaldo was sold a couple years ago from Real Madrid to Juventus. I want to say for like 170 mil. That's, that's um, a lot of money. I mean, 300 million was, I was being a little exaggeration, but right, yeah. like $200 million. I don't think that's pretty far off. Like, like obviously right now they're a little bit older, so you might be able to get them on a little bit of a discount, maybe like 110, yeah. 120. But like in their prime, like Dom said, 170. Like imagine if they were in their prime today. Like that's a 200 million dollar transfer right there. Like oh, even, if if not more. 
Yeah, um, like easy money. So it's yeah. like, I mean, you have a player that caliber that that's that's crazy. So yeah. I probably have that that number that I asked for. Yep. So um, Astavilla paid a cool forty-one million pounds. Forty. Yeah, that's that's. I mean, that's just like who? I mean, that's crazy, man. That's a lot of money. I mean, they, these clubs, they you know they they're billion-dollar enterprises. You know what? You know what's um, funny though. Not to bring Steph Curry after this next year with this contract, he he could have uh he could have got Danny Danny Ng in whatever team he wanted. Yeah. He'd be making fifty three million dollars a year. <laughs> That's insane. Oh. I wish I made. 50. Yeah, it'd be nice. Just just like one time, yeah. Like I would make that last forever, you know. <laughs> so, moving on, um, Chelsea are keen on signing Romelu Lukaku, um, <laughs> or or. Romelu Lukaku. Romelu, where are you even on signing either Lukaku or Haha Land? No, no, not, nice try. I, I like that you try to phonetically pronounce the names. Um, no, Romelu Lukaku is a striker for Inter Milan. Um, he played for Chelsea a couple years back. Um, again, one of the better strikers in the world. He wants to go back to Chelsea. Chelsea want him back. Um, if you don't know, Chelsea unfortunately beat City in the uh, Champions League final. So he's um, he, he's a striker. And you said, yeah. you said it's Romelu Lukaku? Yes. That's amazing. Could you imagine being the announcer announcing him scoring a goal? Yeah, they just say his last name. I would say the full thing. I, I, won't, <laughs> do it, I won't do it now, like regular thing, because I'll, I'll probably burst some people's speakers. But I love <laughs> Um. They're also keen on getting um, Erling Halan, Halan, oh, not Halan, Halan. Um, so this Lukaku, um, he's one of the better, more experienced strikers um, in European football. Uh, he's kind of at his prime now, mm-hmm. but Erling Halan is considered like the next big. Like he already kind of is the next big thing. Um, How old is he? 18 or 19. Oh, he's only 18. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, I mean, the, the transfer fee to get him, um, he currently plays for Dortmund. Mm-hmm. Um, I think right now would be like 160 plus, um, probably more than that, to be honest with you. Like, that's that's a lot of money. I mean, you're talking, you know, Messi, Renato, prime money. I mean, he's that good? Yes. Um, I He set, he set a couple of records for um, the amount of goals scored. Mm-hmm. In like a certain amount of time for how young he is, um, I think he, if I remember correctly, he had like thirty goals last season. Wow! In in the uh, Bundesliga, which is one of the better leagues in all of Europe, and Borussia Dortmund is one of the top teams in that league, and you know he's been starting for them for, I mean, two years now, and he has been starting. I, I guess my question too is like, you know, I I never. I get if you're a smaller team and, and all of a sudden you have like you, you know, you found a diamond in the rough and, and you can sell, you, sorry, you, you can transfer a person to another team for, you know what I mean, 50, 60 million dollars that can mm-hmm. help bring in a lot of influx of talent that you can use to kind of move up from wherever you're at. But, you know, like you said, a team like that, that's kind of top of their league, what, what would be their motivation to really, you know, transfer him out when they could just keep them, build them up and, and keep winning? Um, one, they have the giant of uh, Bayern Munich kind of in their way. Um, as good as Holland is, <laughs> no one's really taking down um, Bayern. But 
I can give you about 160 to 180 million reasons why they'd consider it. Yeah. Um, you mean, know, turn that into he's, a lot of talent, but right. Well, if you look at um, Dortmund's history over the last couple of years, they always sell their top players, but they always still are top three, top four in the Bundesliga. Um, so they'll really only sell players if they know that they have players that can come up through their youth squad to replace them or maybe bring in, you know, a couple other players that maybe aren't at the level of Holland, but they kind of add depth to the roster. Um, yeah. So, I mean, 180 million euros, they can get, you know, Danny Ings, for example, went for $41 million. Yeah, I mean, they can go get four players at, yeah. at around that price range and bolster the rest of that lineup. And they might be even better than what they Potentially, but Holland is a once-in-a-generation talent. Mm-hmm. Um, see if, so, if I if I were then like if, if I'm gonna do it, then I'm gonna get I'm gonna I'm gonna put out some like stupid number. You know what I mean? Like if you if you want this guy, if you want to take him from us, it's it's 250 mil easy. Like well, here's the thing: if you're gonna pay it, then you can pay it. If not, then we're gonna keep him, and we're gonna keep he's gonna keep propelling us forward. But I'm not just gonna I'm not just gonna gonna transfer him out for, you know what I mean? Like I want to I want to break the bank. That's what I want to do. Here's the problem, though. Next year, he has a release clause in his contract. Um, you see this quite often um, with players in European football. Um, in their contract, they'll negotiate what's called a release clause. So if any team wants to bring them in, they just have to pay that release clause, and they're free to negotiate a contract. Um, and I believe his release clause next year is only like 50 or 60 mil. Hmm. So it's either sell him now for like 160 to maybe 200 or hold on to him. Do they really think he's going to leave? I mean, he's pretty set on leaving. I mean, it's, it's a once in a generation talent, Mm -hmm. you know, they don't stay with clubs that really don't compete for titles. I mean, yes, they're competitive Mm -hmm. and they have a big fan base, but they're not going to win the Bundesliga. They're not going to win the champions league. They're not going to win the Europa league. Um, they'll always be competitive and they'll scare some people, but they're not going to be lifting any silverware anytime soon. Um, like, so, I mean, I understand like there's a, I don't want to say hierarchy about it, but I mean, I, I get it. I mean, there's, you're really in, in more than any other sport that I've kind of seen across the globe, like money really plays a big factor in, in football, you know, how, how good you're going to be, how, what, what players that you can put on the field and stuff like that. So I I do understand from that, that aspect, but just, just being like, yo, like this club took a, took a chance on me. They got me, they, they brought me up. Like, is there no, again, I don't want, you know, I don't want to use the word like loyalty, loyalty, Um, loyalty, or is it really just about, you know, like, where can I go? Who's going to pay me the most money and I can compete the most. I mean, I think we saw what, like, like Messi stayed with um, what Barcelona it is, mm-hmm. even though I mean it, not that good. But I mean that's it depends on the it depends on the person, kind of like any other sport. I mean, you definitely see frequently players moving because they want more money or they want a, a better chance to win trophies. Um, but you know, you you still see players that stick with teams for you know ten plus years or their whole career um, just because you know they become the club or they come part of the club and they don't want to leave. Um, so I, I, just like any other sport or anything else, it depends on the person. Um, but 
Yeah, I mean, yeah. That, that makes sense. I, I don't know. That's, that's just interesting. I mean, that's, like I said, for anybody out there, I mean, that, that's so hard to, to comprehend. Like, like just being like, yeah, here's 180 mil for us to be able to have this player. I mean, that, but well, I mean, they could be offered that. It's still up to the club to accept that offer. Mm-hmm. Just because it just because a team's like, hey, here's 180 million pounds. If they offer that for Holan, they Dortmund could still be like, no, we don't want to sell it. Well, let so, me ask you this. So like in so like in basketball, when you trade like pretty much like a, a perennial superstar, like what this guy's probably compared to. Mm-hmm. It, like for them, a lot of times teams want, you know, either they want some sort of package of players in return that can still keep them competitive. Or they want like the draft pick so they can kind of rebuild. Now I'm, I'm assuming like it's kind of similar within you know football where either they can get compensation of players in return, or they can just take all that money, or they can take a combination of both. In in this situation in yeah. football, is it better to take the money, or is it better to be like give me, give me a player and then you know some money as well, give me a couple players. Like what's the best scenario, especially for a team like, um, you said you said Dartmouth. Dart- Dortmund. Yeah, Dortmund. Um, it depends on who is offering you the deal, um, and who they would potentially be willing to give up. Mm -hmm. Um, if let's say they have a player that is really good, um, maybe valued at around 50, 60 million, Mm -hmm. um, they could include him and then pay, you know, the remaining balance. So like, let's say Dortmund wants, you know, 200 million, Mm um, you know, We'll use Chelsea, for example, they could sell one of their players that's valued at, you know, 50 or 60. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, they'll just have to come up with 150 mil in cash to kind of make up the difference. Yeah. Um, so it, it it depends on the players that could be offered, but it also depends on what their priorities are. Um, so like if they have a striker that could kind of fill Holland's spot, but they have a weakness in midfield. Mm-hmm. And they were gonna probably spend fifty to sixty mil on a midfielder, anyways. They could be like, "All right, give us this midfielder." Yeah. Instead of giving us two hundred mil, give us one fifty, and we'll call it a day if you include that midfielder as well. Yeah, I mean that. that yeah, so I guess yeah, that makes. Sense. I mean, you you don't you definitely don't see it as often. They probably usually just take the money and then they'll. They, yeah, they usually just take the money, then either reinvest it in the club by bringing in players or um kind of putting it into their you know youth academies um because yeah. that's how Dortmund builds their team they don't really bring in a lot of players they grow their players and then you know sell them for yeah, uh, ridiculous that, profit yeah and that that makes like I mean again this this whole like football to me is this whole weird like like weird thing where you're like ah I'm gonna sell this player to this other team but I mean that's basically what they're doing I mean you, you talk about putting it back into their youth academy and if you have an amazing scouting system and an amazing youth academy that you're putting all this money into and you can develop players by the time that they're, you know, 18, 19, 20 years old and you're selling them for a hundred million plus. I mean, yeah. I mean, clubs definitely see these players more as assets than people. You know, if you could bring someone in and grow them through your youth squad and pay like maybe 50 grand, you know, for their initial contract, Mm -hmm. bring them up through the, to the youth team and, you know, maybe pay them a little bit more and then in two years, sell them for like 50 million plus yeah. <laughs> the return on your investments. Absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, cause um, you, probably, you probably didn't even put in half a million dollars in investment in, into that player. And now you're selling them for 
you know, a, a, a one billion time profit or whatever it may be. But yeah. like I said, this this whole like just concept of it, it, it always baffled me, even from you know what I mean, like a young age, kind of getting into into soccer and stuff like that here in the United States. Is like because I I feel like we don't do it as high as a level because I don't think that you see very many American clubs like paying fifty million dollars for a player. You know what I mean? We're we're more in that like that like hundred thousand to maybe million dollar range. I don't think there's been very no, many. You'll, I mean, you, you'll see some MLS transfers are like five to 10 mil. Um, City last year bought the keeper for the crew, Zach Steffen. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I want to say we paid 20, 20 mil for him. And honestly, thank you. Because you're welcome. We our roster and we won a championship. Hey, he helped us quite a bit in our season too. You know, he played in, <laughs> He he played in a couple EPL games, but he mostly played in some domestic tournaments, and you know he played well. He's a good keeper. And honestly, they they were happy to get, I'm not that happy to get rid of him, but they were okay to to transfer him out at that that number, I think, because we have Eli Room, and and he is a pretty good goalkeeper as well. We yeah. really seem to be able to develop some pretty good goalkeepers, which is like, I don't know why, but. I, Columbus is just a defensive team. I mean, you look at the Blue Jackets, not much scoring. But defensively good. The crew, which we'll get into later, the same thing. <laughs> um, so moving on again, Paul Pogba might be on his way out of Man U. Uh, Man U brought him in, I want to say three years ago for 89 mil. Um, yeah, yeah, screw Man U. Um, they recently brought in Jid and Sancho and um, Varne. Um, they paid some big fees for those players. definitely makes them a lot better. Um, But I guess it kind of takes away from Pogba's spot on the team. Um, So I guess he's kind of keen to leave United's kind of thinking like, you know, you're a good player, but where do you kind of fit in on the squad now? Um, Especially because he's, I want to say 27, 28. Um, Sancho's 20. I I believe Varney is like 24, 25. Um, What is like, what is a prime like? What's the, what's the prime age footballers? Is it, is it that like eighteen or maybe eighteen, but maybe like nineteen to twenty six, and then after that you're kind of like uh, it's like, probably twenty seven to like thirty. Is like the, um yeah like, okay yeah I mean it's just like any other sport um mm-hmm. but you know Sancho is already one of the better players in the world and he's really young so. The longevity of him, yeah, you know, of having him and the potential for him to get even better, like he's probably already at Pogba's level, if not a little bit better. Pogba's not going to get any better. He's already at his peak, but Sancho can get, you know, even better. Same with Varney. Um, so United's over here thinking like, we, well, we got these two players. You know, Sancho will play on the wing. Varney is definitely a midfielder. Pogba doesn't really fit in too much on the squad anymore. So why keep him around? If he's not really going to fit in, Um, which, (laughs) you know, Pogba, he originally came up through the Man U Academy. Um, They sold him to PSG where, or no, not PSG, Juventus, um, where he, you know, really became big. Then went back to United and now he's about to leave again. (laughs) Um, But both PSG, uh, Paris Saint-Germain and Liverpool are interested in signing him. Definitely more likely he goes to PSG. Um, he's French. Um, so going to his home country to play for the biggest squad 
Um, definitely be comfortable for him. Um, he would fit in with the squad well. Um, I don't see United ever doing a transfer with Liverpool because that is their like that is their biggest enemy. Um, so they they do not like each other at all. So I, I can't see them ever doing a transfer unless Liverpool is willing to like give up like half their squad. And <laughs> I, I have no idea, but I, I, I don't ever see that. happening. Like it's going to be three hundred million dollars. Right. Yeah. He's not even worth that. <laughs> so it looks like Pogba to uh, PSG. So is it like I mean, they're not, they can't keep him for depth? I mean, he, they can't use him. I mean, they, they could, but, you know, a lot of these guys, I mean, if you're a top level player and you're at your prime right now, you don't want to get moved to the bench. And there's, right? there's, no, there's no spot for him at all. Like, what, what position does he play right now? Sorry, He's a midfielder. A midfielder. But I mean, because most of the time, what I mean, you you could do a set where you have four midfielders out there. I mean, is he is he more of an offense or defensive special midfielder? Definitely more offense. More offense, and the, well, so the, is Varney, and so is um, uh, okay Sancho. So can, can one of them play more like wing, and and then he gets to stay in the middle? Sancho, he you can play him in midfield, but that would be a last resort. He's definitely meant to be a winger. That's, um, what, that's what I'm saying. Like you you could play like the younger ones out on the wing, and then you can play. You know, Pogba's still in that that midfielder spot. You got them all in the well, time. Mid midfield is not a weakness for United. Um, it, their weaknesses for a while has been their defense. So, you know, it would be kind of letting him go from a position of strength to use that money to maybe get a defender. Because um, I mean, you don't need you know ten, fifteen, you know, really good midfielders. You only need you know, a couple of them. Mm. If you got Pogba, who has kind of already hit his peak, is not going to get any better, you could sell him and bring in someone that's going to help your defense. Yeah. Because that's been their that's been their problem, especially from the right back situation. So they can go out, go get a, a top tier right back and uh maybe even another center back for the money that they'd sell Pogba for. Yeah, you can get two for one. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So finally for the EPL updates, Arsenal finally uh, remember that they can bring in players. <laughs> um, not really known for you know making some major transfer moves, even though they're a big club. Um, they brought in Ben White for 50 mil, um, but they might not be done yet bringing in players. Um, some reports are showing that they're interested in bringing in Inter Milan striker, uh, Martinez or Manuel Locatelli, those would surprise me considering that they already have a couple good strikers in um, on their squad, especially Aubameyang. So bringing in another striker doesn't really seem like a smart move to me, um, mm-hmm. but bringing in someone like Ben White who's going to solidify that defense for them, it's a smart move for them. Um, you know, they're, they're a team that has talent on the offensive side um, they got some young talent on that offensive side with uh, Saka, you know, playing that midfield, you know, left wing kind of role. Um, but yeah, Ben White uh, last year, I got his stats up here somewhere. So last year, Ben White had 11 clean sheets, um, 44 or 49 tackles, um, completed 53% of his tackles, blocked decent number of shots. Um, you know, he's, He's a solid defender. Um, you know, he's not an all-world 
center back, but he's definitely an improvement from what they had. So I, I think I, I hope so. They they spent fifty million dollars on him. He better improve something. <laughs> yeah, uh, um, he's pretty young too, so there's definitely room for him to grow. Mm-hmm. So he'll come in right away and you know, solidify that center back position um, to kind of go along with the pretty good offense that Arsenal has. Um, hopefully they can rebound from a very disappointing season because um, a, a a club as big as Arsenal should always be competing for a, a European spot. And the last couple of years, they really haven't. I, I think last year they finished ninth. Um, so they're not going to be in any European competitions this year. For a club like Arsenal, that's kind of sad. Um, so bringing in Ben White definitely could help things out a little bit, um, especially because towards the end of last season, they started to play better. Um, but we will see. So moving on to some Man City transfer updates. I'll follow this more than really anything else as you'd expect. Um, but Jack Grealish is likely to be announced as a City player tomorrow. Um, it would be a British transfer record of 100 million pounds. Um, I think what really solidifies the deal is what I mentioned earlier with um, Aston Villa signing Danny Ings. Um, even though Grealish is a left winger, he's one of the best in the game. Uh, he's so creative and he's so good in front of the goal, um, putting goals away, making assists, um, bringing someone like Danny Ings kind of, I mean, you're, it's, he's never going to fill his shoes, but he definitely softens the blow a little bit. Um, so they bring in Ings. They're more comfortable now with selling Jack Grealish to us. It's also 100 mil. Uh, for a team like Aston Villa, that's that's huge. Um, but I've seen reports that he had his physical today for City, and they could be announcing a deal as soon as tomorrow, probably by Saturday. Um, I'm excited. Um, if you listen to the previous episode, he was right there up on my wish list for City. I think he would be fantastic for the squad, um, especially with the disappointing end to the season that we had losing to Chelsea. Um, he, he would just fit in perfectly with his team. And I, I can't wait to see it. Um, well, I mean, don't, don't get too excited. <laughs> I mean, kind of hard not to, when you bring in, you know, one of the better players in the world to your squad. Mm-hmm. Um, it could mean some players go, unfortunately. Um, it could mean that Bernardo Silva, unfortunately might have to go. Um, Cause he would kind of take his spot. There'd be no room for Silva on the roster. Um, as much as I like Silva, honestly, I think Realist might be a little bit of a better player at this point. Um, so it'd be sorry to see him go, but happy to uh, see Grealish come in. Um, but how this affects Harry Kane, um, I've seen a couple different reports kind of contradicting each other. Some are saying that he's still being pursued by City and City are still willing to offer 160 mil for him. Um but at the same time, I'm seeing reports that are, you know, they just spent 100 mil on Grealish. They're not really a team that's known for making record transfer fees. So it's likely that they won't bring them in. They'll probably bring in a striker for a little bit cheaper. But, I mean, who knows? <laughs> uh, we don't really have a striker anymore at this point since we let Aguero go. But, again, you know, we're, we're a team that will make, you know, three or four 
50 million dollar signings a season we're not really known for you know spending 150 160 million player or pounds on a player especially twice in one transfer window well, um like you said you well you got to get if you you're bringing in Grealish and now you got to get rid of what you said Silva so yeah. if you can get I don't know how much he'd be worth but if you can get him out for like 50 60 million I mean that, that that's the thing we could probably sell him or include him and he'll be worth like 60 65 mm-hmm. but you'd still have to come up with a hun- another 100 to 95 mil um and you already just spent 100 mil I know city has got the money to do it but it's they good. have a budget and they, they stick to it sense. and um I mean we showed last year that we don't really need to play with a striker because we didn't really play with a striker all season. Um, it'd be nice to see Kane, but if they when they bring in Grealish, I'm not really expecting it at this point. Um, just because I don't expect them to drop, you know, 260 million pounds on two players. Um, oh, well, spend it. Let's go. I mean, you got to get it. You got to get back up. I mean, because from my understanding, what it was like two years ago. Now they won the league. Well, we won last year too. Oh, last year too. We 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 won this last season. We lost in the Champions League final to Chelsea, one nothing. Yeah. Um, we, I mean, we had our opportunities in this in that game, um, but I mean, the whole season we didn't. Aguero was injured for most of the season. Um, Gabriel Jesus, our backup striker, you know, he's he's a good player, but he's not really you know a top level striker. So we kind of played with a false nine system where we had a midfielder kind of playing forward, but like a little bit more back and kind of orchestrating the whole offense. And we just had our midfielders and wingers kind of just running the show and the attack. Um, Bringing in Grealish will just make that even more solidified and, if anything, more dangerous. Um, Just because to play in the, the false nine system that we've been playing with, you need to be able to move. You need to be able to play multiple positions. You need to be able to pass. Um, you know, signing someone like Kane will put us more into a traditional 4-3-3 position, but it would give us someone that's going to get you 20, 25 goals a season. So there's definitely – it would definitely help. But, again, I don't see us spending another 160 mil and giving up someone like Silva to bring him in. I could see them going to get, like, another lower-level striker that's still going to be good. Um but yeah, 160 mil for a striker that's, I think he's 29 now. Um, that, that's a lot to ask. Um, so we'll see. Uh, really, only time will tell. This is my speculation. Um, City have also been linked to Robert Lewandowski, like I mentioned earlier. Um, they might be in for a lower level striker. Um, it's kind of weird saying Lewandowski and lower level striker. Um, considering that he is one of the better strikers in the world. Um, but he definitely would not, you know, ask the price of anywhere near what Harry Kane would be. Um, he'd still be a great striker for us. I see that more as a potential stopgap um, kind of transfers because we have a couple guys that are coming up through the um, under-21 squad that are, that are going to be the real deal. It's just they need a little bit more time to develop. Um, so I would see bringing in – um Lewandowski um kind of as like a stopgap placeholder until um Liam Delap is kind of ready to take over. Um City have also been linked to Frederico Chiesa. He's the I 
the team that he his club team slips my mind. Um, oh, uh, Juventus. Um, the he's a winger from Juventus. I don't really see this happening just because we already have so many wingers. At bringing in Grealish, he is a winger. Um, so I think that's that role is kind of already kind of filled up. Um, but there have been some rumors. Who knows? Um, I don't really see that one happening though. Um, but yeah, that's that's all the Man City news that I got. Uh, got through that pretty quickly. But do you have any more questions about about anything? Uh, no, no. I think the only thing that I would add because we talked about what like Hurricane being unhappy at the beginning of the show. So yeah. maybe you know maybe him being unhappy and kind of forcing his way out. Maybe that drives the price down a little bit because people know that he doesn't want to be there. I mean, I don't, I don't really know how how it works. Oh. With, like I said, within football, but you know, what I mean, I know like over here, if a player if a player is unhappy and they're trying to force their way out, you know, sometimes you can get them a little bit less than than what you might have if if you were trying to get away a happy player. Well, the the thing with Kane, he recently signed a deal, um, so he's still got a couple years on his contract, and he doesn't have a release clause. So Tottenham holds all the cards. You know, if they get an offer that they think could be serviceable, you know, then they'll consider it. But, you know, it's kind of all up to uh, to Daniel Levy if he wants to uh, let him go. But it doesn't seem like that's going to happen at this point. Um, I mean, you think you think if City added in Silva, you know, like you said, he's, he's probably like a $60 million player. And then maybe they added in, you know, another player that was right around that, like, you know, fifteen twenty million dollar range, and then they made up the difference. Do you think it'd be worth it to bring in, you know, Kane, or do you think they should just kind of? I I wouldn't, because at that point, if you're giving up two players, then you're you're giving up depth. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're a team, and um, our manager Pep Guardiola, he likes to rotate his players. Um, he never has like one set starting eleven. He'll it's it's going to be different every game, and with playing as many games as city play i mean we got we got our all our premier league games we got two domestic tournaments that we always go pretty far and we got the champions league so we're we're playing games at least one to two games a week from august until june so you need depth you need to be able to rotate guys in and giving up two players like it would probably have to be you know bernardo silva and they'll probably want someone like Gabriel Jesus. I don't really see that happening because, you know, then you're just giving up depth. Mm-hmm. And you'd have to either find someone that you can bring in real quick to fill those spots, or you're going to have to call up someone from the um, under-21 team that is going to be good but may not be ready yet. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, if you have to give up two players and still have to give up 60 mil, I, I wouldn't do it personally. But again, it's not my mind. <laughs> no, I mean, that, that makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah. So um, I heard you recently went to a crew game, um, yeah. their new stadium. What was, what was that like? Well, kind of des- describe the, the atmosphere outside, inside the stadium. Um, so how did it look? I've, I've seen pictures of it. I, yeah. It looks like a beautiful stadium. So I went on the uh, 21st. They're playing Nashville. Um, but it like they, where they put it, it's like, so, you know, it's right in, it's right in a arena district. So when you park and you walk to it, depending on, you know, which, which side you're coming from with the side we came from. So you're walking 
you're walking past where the Blue Jackets play. You're walk, you're walking past Huntington Park. So while like the night that we went, they had a game at Huntington Park. So the Clippers were playing. So while you're walking past, that's really cool. The Clippers are pay, are playing, and and you're you're walking past the uh, the outfield there. And if anybody you know obviously has gone to Huntington Park or walked past it, there in the outfield it's open. So when they design the stadium, it's just a basically it's a big fence. So you're looking right into the outfield. So you can like watch by, walk by, you can watch the game, you can look at it. So like, like seeing that atmosphere go on and then you're just kind of in this big herd of people like walking to the stadium. And then when you like, I love Maffrey, but just <laughs> this new stadium, man, it, I think yeah. somebody, I heard somebody say that it like, it really brings a like football stadium feel to Columbus, Ohio that we've, that we've never really had before. So it, it brings yeah. a, a lot of that like European style feel of, of a stadium and you can feel it like when you walk up into it it's like this big set of stairs on the on like I think both corners there but with the corner that we walked up on, it's like a big set of stairs and you walk up and like on the left hand side there's like this big um there's like this bar it's like this long bar that goes along the edge of it and it's just all glass windows so the people are in there you're seeing them it's like super cool they can see like that's awesome into the field and then you're kind of just walking up in and I think the way they designed it is that they can close off the stadium, but you can still go to the team shop. Like the team shop is right there on the right-hand side. And you can go to the team shop every single day from like 10 AM to like 4 PM or something like that. Um, I think you can look on their website for exact times or whatever, but yeah. I think before they said it was like 10 PM or 10 AM to like 4 PM or something like that. So like something crazy, but, but that's cool. So that that's like basically on both sides when you're walking up and then you just walk into it. And it just has like the half like dome ceiling is amazing. I love it. It blocks the sun like just perfectly. Obviously, if you get to that perfect time, you're like kind of, you know what I mean? Four or five, you might get caught. Yeah. But but it, it, it blocks, protects you from the rain too. Yeah, it protects it protects basically almost all the fans from the rain. Um, it just the and then you know what the, the atmosphere didn't really change from that for whatever reason. I I. I can't describe it, but I think Columbus is like the perfect place for underdog sports in America. And, you know, I, I do think soccer is on the rise in popularity wise, but I still think it's yeah. very much an, an underdog sport. And, you know, when, when we got the Blue Jackets, hockey was very much an underdog kind of sport within America as well. I think hockey has kind of risen to be at the same level, I would say, as, as some of our more predominant sports. But but again, that that very much underdog mentality, like Clippers games, like you could you could walk by on any given day, and the majority of the time it's at least fifty percent full. I mean, we're talking about minor league baseball; it's at least fifty percent right. full. Full. So, you know, it the the atmosphere is just is just amazing. And 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 like I said, when you when you have you know thousands of people hurting to the game, <laughs> walking past, you know, the couple probably thousand people that are that are in Huntington Park at that moment, and the game itself was amazing. There were so many, I will say this, I think because um, like Zardes was out with uh, uh, the American team for the, uh, Olympic, the Gold Cup. so or the Gold Cup or whatever. But um, yeah. so we didn't have him. So like offensively wise, we've been struggling. I think that that's something that they need to kind of work on throughout the offseason. And when we get into the next transfer window is trying to bring in some more offense. But defensively, we've been pretty solid. I know the past two games, if you guys have been watching, we've lit up a lot of goals, like four games and four goals in, in the past two games, which is not not yeah. fun at all. But 
But for the most part, most of the season, it, it's been pretty consistent. Like either we've let up one goal or no goals. There's been lots of ties. So this game did end in a tie, unfortunately. But in my opinion, we kind of got gypped because there was about three times where I feel like we should have got either um, a free kick outside the box or we should have had a penalty kick on at least one of them because I think they um, they tried to shoot it and it got blocked and got blocked out. And then one of the players um, kicked it out to the left and then they tried to cross it in. And when they tried to cross it in, the one player that was going in, I forget who, I forget who it was, but they were going in and the defender slid, and before the ball even got there, tackled him and knocked him down. So it was like, yeah, yeah. I, I have to see the video on that, but that that sounds it was, like a it, it was something like it was something like that, like exchange where like they were going for the ball, and like right before it got there, they like tackled him, and like as they were tackling him, the defender like kind of kicked the ball away. So they they gave him because I think they kicked it, and then the other player kicked it out, so it was a like a throw in or something like that. But just like. I, to me, I was like, how do you how do you not at least award like a free kick somewhere? Like if you're not gonna give it give them the penalty kick or whatever, like at least award the free kick outside the box. Like well, it depends on where the if it was a foul, it depends on where the foul took place. It if it's a penalty in the box, it's automatically a free uh penalty kick. So um, I think they didn't they didn't call it because I think whatever for whatever reason they thought that he got all ball and it was just contact. So I mean, and that might be their case. I mean, I was kind of up in the stands. I'm not the ref. I get it. But I don't know. There, there was about like three times that they, you know, obviously I'm going to be that, that fan that's like, oh, we should have got this. But, <laughs> but um, you know what I mean? It, but the atmosphere, like I said, was amazing. Every single time they got close to storing a goal, everybody was up cheering, going crazy. You know, when we all thought the rest were making bad calls, we were all booing them. And <laughs> so were, like, were they still uh, chanting throughout the game or? Um, I know Columbus is pretty known for their tailgating before crew games and marching up to the stadium. Yeah, so uh, I know is that is that still something that goes on? Like, it is there even space for people to tailgate for the games anymore? I don't. I think that the way that the stadium is designed as such, people tailgate like in quotation marks. They tailgate in the stadium so that like okay. they open the stadium early because there's so many different like places to go sit there's like like I said there's that that bar that they have there um, yeah because right in the arena district it's not like when you're at map free when I think they had a designated like little parking section to go yeah and they don't really have that in the arena district there's not much room so I don't know if that's something that they plan on maybe adding which would be really cool if they because around it if you do like an aerial view there's like um there's a lot of like wooded area and stuff like that and then there's a bridge and and they're planning on putting a lot of development around it like um like housing and businesses and, and then all that kinds of stuff. So that'd be cool if they could add like a specific um, like tailgating area where maybe you got, you still have to right. walk to it, but you can carry all your stuff there. You can tailgate out there. You can have fun before the game. But like I said, the stadium is designed as such that people could get there early. You know what I mean? At an hour early, if they open it up, they can get in there. They can start getting their drinks. They can start getting their food. They can hang out, have fun. And then as the players come out of the field and stuff like that too, but I mean, like I said, that 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 march past, you know what I mean, where the Blue Jackets mm-hmm. play, past Huntington Park, like it just it was really cool. Like is at, at, at each step you got, you got more and more and more people. And then when we yeah. left, we the game ended at like about the same time that the Clippers game ended. So it was like the seventh or eighth inning of the Clippers game. So a lot of people were starting to leave and you just had that like intermix of the crowd. So, I mean, we're talking like that's pretty cool. 
and basically they shut down like that whole strip of street so you're just thousands of people walking down the street yeah the the view of the stadium from um was it huntington park where the clippers play mm-hmm. the, the view of that outside of the outfield wall must be amazing because <laughs> yes. I, that i've only seen pictures of the stadium um you know just from the pictures i've seen it looks it looks amazing for for a smaller stadium you know from what i'm used to seeing in the epl mm-hmm. it looks absolutely beautiful um, i think i think it fits perfectly i think like it's one of those things i think sometimes in sports you know there's either too many games or there's too many seats in stadiums so people feel like you know what i mean it's not as like special to to go to it but when you have something that's you know what I mean? Not like this huge, ginormous stadium in, in the middle of, you know what I mean? Nowhere that kind of map free was, you know what I mean? It's a little yeah. bit more, you are a little bit more intimate with people, but at the same time, you're like, wow, like if I, I'm going to go to a game because, you know what I mean? I might not, I might not get a ticket for the whole season, you know what I mean? Cause I, I yeah. got to go, I got to get a ticket for this game. Cause this is who I want to see and stuff like that. And yeah, you know, definitely. Like I said, if anybody gets a chance to go, if even if you're not really a big, you know, soccer or, or football, as I say, you know, across the pond, then I would still go, though. I would just go for the experience, go for the fun, you know, buy a ticket, spend your spend your thirty, forty dollars on your food and your drink and and get the whole experience going and, and have fun with it. Because the atmosphere of crew games is, you know, like none other than than what I've been you know what I mean I've been to a few NFL games I've been to a few MLB games um, obviously I've been to some Clipper games and some Blue Jackets games but the atmosphere of Columbus Ohio with their sports is I, I, I think it I think it rivals a lot even though they're not as I would say your your mainstream sports they're they're more kind of your they're, they're still on the rise no it was it was a fun experience the stadium is beautiful definitely Definitely hope that we can get back in the playoffs this year and host some playoff games in that stadium. So oh, but, that'd be amazing. You know, obviously they kind of got to get their their offensive situation figured <laughs> out a little bit, and they got to get their players back from from playing in the uh, in the the World Cups and in the Olympics and stuff like that as well. So once we get everybody back, because I think we have like five or six players out, really kind of hurt. But yeah, so safe to say you'd go again. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, <laughs> the only the only thing I will say that was just a little bit weird was kind of being out again with that many people. But I mean, yeah, you know, as expected. Yeah, you got to get used to that. I mean, we've been kind of trapped inside for for almost two years now. But I mean, it it was definitely fun. It, it was it was worth going. Cool. Well, Nick, I want to thank you for coming on to the the episode today. Um, yeah, I think we, it was a good discussion. I kind of liked explaining some of the the basics of of soccer um but yeah want to thank you again for coming on as always we are deep dive sports and thanks for listening to another episode of on the pitch hey everyone thank you for listening if you would like to hear more feel free to listen to past episodes and look for new ones every friday and don't forget to follow us at deep.dive.sports on twitter Instagram, and Facebook for any update. And please let us know what you would like us to take a deep dive into next. As always, we are Deep Dive Sports. Until next time.